think often about the fact that freedom and blessing and protection, these are gifts. Mm -hmm. They're not rights. You know, uh, the food that we eat, uh, the education that we have, the, these, these aren't things we're entitled to. God graciously gives us good things to enjoy. And they're not free. They mm -hmm. cost uh, a lot. They cost the very blood of Christ to reconcile us to God. And it also costs our devotion and our obedience to God. And we're a nation that's straying away from the principles that produce those kinds of blessings. And I want my kids to have those things. I want my kids to be in a, in a nation where godliness and righteousness reigns in the nation. So, so today we are here with Kirk Cameron. Doing cartwheels together. We did do cartwheels during our brief time together. First things first is for people who may not be familiar with Revive Us, what is this video series and project? So, okay, so Revive Us is actually not a video series. Ah. It's not a movie. It's not a film. Um, it's a live event in theater. So kind of like the way if you went to the theaters to see the Conor McGregor, Floyd Mayweather fight or the Metropolitan Opera or something mm -hmm. like that, you go get a – it's like a front row seat in front of a big theater screen and watch the event. This is a live event, and it's a gathering of Christians all over the nation at an important time to – sing, uh, to pray, to worship, and to discuss something really important. So we did this last year right before the presidential debate, and 150,000 believers gathered in theaters across the nation with me, Ben Carson, Francis Chan, I like those uh, people. James nice McDonald, people. Uh, Jennifer Rothschild, and we talked about how to revive the heartbeat of a nation that is uh, spiritually declining. Mm -hmm. And it was such a, a great encouragement that people were breaking out in uh, spontaneous prayer meetings and praise and worship meetings in the lobbies of the movie theaters. And a record number of Christians got up off the couch and instead of saying, ah, someone else can decide who's going to lead the nation, they got involved and wanted their faith to guide them in uh, shaping the future for their kids. So revive us, uh, has and now uh, so many people wanted to do this again that mm -hmm. we're doing Revive Us 2. And so in the fall, October 24th, we're going to be meeting at the Museum of the Bible and broadcasting into 800 movie that theaters across the nation. That looks super awesome, by the it way. It is super awesome. And it will be, uh, uh, will be there before it opens, so it's going to be the first nationally broadcast mm -hmm. event from the Museum of the Bible. Um, Johnny Erickson Tata will be with me, Dr. Ben Carson, uh, Alex and Stephen Kendrick, the producers of Fireproof and War Room, uh, Ravi Zacharias will be there. Zach Williams, who uh, sings Chainbreaker, he, he'll be he there. He just won a Grammy for he that. Just didn't he just won a Grammy, yep. Yeah. Uh, he'll be there with some other guests and artists, and we're going to be talking about how to bring hope and healing to all the division mm -hmm. that we see in the nation racial division, economic division, religious and political division, uh, division within our families, mm -hmm. so that we can find some hope, some strength, and unity. So what has the Holy Spirit been speaking to you about this and what you want to see come from it? Well, I think often about the fact that freedom and blessing and protection, these are gifts. Mm -hmm. They're not rights. 
you know, uh, the food that we eat, uh, the education that we have, the, these, these aren't things we're entitled to. God graciously gives us good things to enjoy. And they're not free. They mm -hmm. cost uh, a lot. They cost the very blood of Christ to reconcile us to God. And it also costs our devotion and our obedience to God. And we're a nation that's straying away from the principles that produce those kinds of blessings. And I want my kids to have those mm -hmm. things. I want my kids to be in a, in a nation where godliness and righteousness reigns in the nation. I don't want evil to be called good. I don't want family, church, education, and, and, and government to be upside down for mm -hmm. them. So I'm hoping that people will come to revive us and be inspired, that they'll be strengthened, they'll be encouraged, and they'll be enlightened to understand how they can make a difference, bring, bring healing to the divisions in our nation, and help move us forward so that we can experience real revival mm -hmm. uh, in our homes and our churches. Now, you mentioned during the first revivals, people were breaking out in praise and worship in the theaters. Mm -hmm. Have you heard any stories since then about how this event really changed their lives and affected how they have lived their lives and what's going on in their home? Yeah, I've, I've had people who have said, you know, we weren't going to vote uh, in the last election at all. We were so discouraged and disgusted with, with everything that we just weren't going we, we to vote. But they said, you know, after seeing Revive Us, it, it made us realize that by just staying home and doing nothing, and let other, letting other people make the decision, that's, that's the problem. Mm -hmm. That's how it got this way. And so we, we, we wanted to get involved, and people have been continuing to get involved at the local level mm -hmm. with their church, with their school, with their community, with their kids. And, and that's, that's the Christian method of change. It starts by transforming the heart of a person, then the mind of a person, and gradually works its way out through your home, uh, your community, and then all the way out to, to your borders. And that's a biblical principle, you know, start with your neighbor and then Judea and then Samaria and beyond that, too. There you go. So we got to do what Jesus said. That's important. All right. <laughs> Aside, it is. That's why we're all here, is it not? Jesus said to do things. Okay. Aside from Revive Us, you are also working on the heart of the family. So my wife, Chelsea, and I have been married for 26 years, and we have six kids. Our kids are teenagers right now. God bless you. Thank you. Uh, actually, they're, they're 20, 19, 18, 17, 16, and 14. Uh, Chelsea and I met on the set of Growing Pains, and we've learned a lot since then. Uh, for the first time ever, Chelsea and I uh, are inviting uh, anybody who wants to come uh, into our kitchen to sit at our kitchen table via this online marriage and parenting course and share the things that we've learned that have, that have helped us with the struggles of marriage mm -hmm. and parenting and uh, brought us to a, a place of health and uh, happiness in our home, raising our six kids. And so it's uh, um, teaching on the subjects of, of joy and forgiveness, relationships, parenting, discipline, faith, family, mm -hmm. all, all these kinds of things. and and. It's at our house, it's at the beach, it's in the backyard with a campfire, it's in the kitchen cooking dinner, and it's a, a, a course that you can take with your spouse at your own pace, and it, and it ends with a live question and answer session with me and Chelsea uh, answering your questions mm -hmm. based on what you've learned in the course. So what do your kids think about all this? What do they think about what, about the course? About, or about the course, about like, all right guys, we're doing this. 
We're telling yeah. everyone else how we raised you. Is this yeah. a good idea? Is this a bad idea? Things we don't need to say, things we do need to they say, were pretty, all of that. Yeah, they were pretty cool with all of it. I, I've got a couple of kids who would rather not be on camera and then others who you know, want to be right up front. They're, mm -hmm. they're, they're real hams. <laughs> so uh, you'll, you'll meet them in the course. But uh, yeah, they were cool with the whole thing. Um, it's mostly me and Chelsea. Mm -hmm. So I'm, I'm excited because Chelsea uh, rarely is on camera doing anything. Uh, even though we met on Growing Pains and we worked on a lot of things. Wasn't she in Left Behind? She was in Left okay. Behind. But uh, opening up our personal life is never something that we've uh, wanted to do. Mm -hmm. up until, because we, our kids are little, you know, and we don't want our kids uh, feeling like they're raised by celebrity parents with cameras in their, in their face all day. But now that the kids are older mm -hmm. and we see there's such a need for mar marriage and parenting mm -hmm. counsel, uh, we think that we've learned some things that would be really helpful for, to share with others. What has been one of the more painful lessons you guys endured but came out stronger? We can't talk about that here. Yes, we can. I just mean, open it up. I mean, that's just personal that's stuff. TMI. Okay, fine. You can give me the best one. Happy things. So, there's, she's referring to a, a, this kind of a funny story. When Chelsea and I first got married, uh, we were new. We were newlyweds, and of course, we weren't going to have any fights. We weren't going to have any arguments. Never. We, there was very, very little that we didn't have in common. Everything was perfect. I had a friend over, and we were talking at the kitchen table. Chelsea was doing dishes at the sink. Uh, uh, like a dutiful wife, uh, uh, is uh, keep is, my mouth closed is, is, here. We switch off. We do dishes back and forth. I was raised so, by a father who did all the chores, and he has told me, this is not the way it works in this the is real not world. The way it works. So. So, my, so my wife's over there, and she's cleaning up after dinner, and uh, I hear this crash, this loud shattering of glass, and I look over, and she was putting away some crystal uh, uh, glasses, and it was our wedding crystal, and it was just really like nice and expensive crystal, and it broke all over the cast iron sink. She had hit it against the side, putting it into the dishwasher, and I just sort of jumped up out of my seat, and I looked, and I, I see what happened, and I was just like, Okay, um, all right, honey, well, just, you just got to be more careful next time. And she looked at me, and uh, it was like she disciplined me with her eyes. We are born with that skill as women, yes. In front of my friend, and she picked up another <laughs> glass vase, uh, glass uh, crystal, held it over the cast iron sink, and looked me in the eyes and just dropped it. She's my and favorite. She, she, she's, I know, she's my favorite too. <laughs> and I thought, in my mind, I'm thinking, oh my gosh, what did I marry? <laughs> Not I who she, did I, I marry? What was, did I marry? What did I marry? I knew she you know, was an Italian Catholic and she likes to talk with her hands, but I didn't think she was like, you know, this larger than life when it comes to like, oh, you know, oh no, you didn't just say that. <laughs> <laughs> so, but she was. And of course, she sees the story very differently. Uh, she, she saw it as uh, uh, making an honest mistake and being uh, unreasonably scolded mm. by her husband, like I was uh, some sort of domineering father figure, you know, uh, mm. reprimanding. Uh, and her dad was not like that. Mm -hmm. So she was just like, what? What is happening What right did now? I marry? Right? And, uh, and so that showed us that. You, you come together in marriage, and, and you don't often understand all that comes with the person, their background, the way they were raised, the way that they saw their mom and dad interact, what they valued in their home, how you deal with conflict. And so uh, that was one of the early things that made us realize that we need uh, an instruction manual. And fortunately, God gave marriage 
an instruction manual. He did. And so we follow it, and things work out better. Most of the time. Back to what you said. What did we I say? We should do what Jesus said. That's important. Yes, this is important. We learned that. I love it. Okay, so I am single, attempting to maneuver my way through the dating world. Like, I went speed dating and found out I was apparently in a relationship for three weeks and unaware I was actually in a relationship. So that was fun. But what advice do you have for me trying to find a godly man in this world right now when online dating is terrifying and people are creeps? And I'm apparently making everyone else in the room laugh. Well, first of all, I I love the term speed dating. Oh, I did. I, just, I went on nine to... dates in one night, and it was, for an introvert like me, which you may not be able to tell, it was horrifying and exhausting. <laughs> uh, what was, did you Uber from date to date? Like, no. How did you get, how did you, so they set up this thing for speed dating, and I signed up. It was for young Christian professionals, like 20s and 30s, and I paid $25 or something like that. And to go meet some other people. Yes, because I thought, you know, at least I'm not online dating because that way, like, I meet everyone in one night. I can get a feel for what they're like, how they're interacting. Sounds like a good idea. And so we went to a fish market, which was the mistake number one because I'm allergic to seafood. But I was like, I have my EpiPen. It'll be a memorable story. If I meet my future husband, he'll be like, yeah, I saved her life. So I went and (laughs) I met some some wonderful young men of the Lord, but apparently they weren't interested in me. And then I met some that we think may have been in the mafia because they carried like multiple phones and like never actually said what they did. And so a lot of it was really shady, but. (laughs) Wow. I'm still single. Didn't quite meet the one there, or if I did, I was unaware of it. And in a relationship for three weeks and didn't even know it. Yes. Yes. yes, until we had a phone call one night because I canceled the date because I was in the hospital. And he yeah. said, like, I'm no, ready th- to settle down, and I thought you could be the one, but you canceled this date, and I don't want to outright dump you, but... Like, and I was like, wait, wait we've been on three me. dates, <laughs> counting the speed dating one. That's right, that's right. I just kind of wish for, like, was it an Isaac situation where, like, they went and they, like, went to the well and they said, all right, let's go get this girl. Yeah. So, like, there's not any wells where I'm supposed to hang out. So how am I supposed <laughs> so to meet these gonna... men? <laughs> My goal is to always be the fun interview. I hope yes. I'm succeeding well, you, in yes, that. Yes, you have succeeded. Yes. Where are these wells? Um, I don't even remember your question now. How what to meet it? a godly young man in this day and age. I don't have, I don't, <laughs> I've never tried to meet a godly young man in, these day, in this age. You have failed me then. I have failed you. Cause I but you were a godly young man at one point in time and met a godly young woman. And okay. so do I have to become an actress? Is that what's happening? No, you don't need to become an actress. No, I don't. Is that a comment on my dramatic skills? I think you've got great dramatic skills. <laughs> I have to think about it. You know, I just, I haven't been in the uh, looking, looking for uh, that, that, that right person in a while. But you know who is, is my daughters. Mm. So my daughters... Um, our dad, I need a husband. Dad, when, when, when am I going to find Didn't this guy? Didn't you say they were teenagers? Well, they're 19 and 18. They've got time. I'm 26. They've got time. Uh, that's what I keep telling them. <laughs> You've got, got time. time. You've got time. And my daughter, uh, my one daughter met, this isn't going to help you though. Let me okay. Something that's going to help you. I just like stories too, if you have you, a great story. Yeah. I don't know that I've got a great story, but um, what I can say is that uh, my daughter, Anna, is, is uh, 18 and she was fed a steady diet of Disney princess movies since she's four years old. As we all were at this age, James. So, 
So she, she has the script in her head. She knows what's going to happen. Um, there's going to be a glass slipper on the floor, and you know, her foot's going to fit into it just perfectly, and there's going to be some guy who rides up on a white horse. And, right? and, so, and so any potential... With trumpets. Don't forget the trumpets. With trumpets. And so any guy that appears to be a potential suitor for my daughter, um, you know, she, it, it's just very funny. I can see the, the wheel spinning in her head, and the, and, the, and the scene is playing out in front of her. Well, uh, she's met a young man who seems to be a, a great, good, godly young man from a good family, and uh, his birthday's coming up. And so, is it September twelfth? Because that's my birthday. Is that your birthday, it September twelfth? No, Tuesday. I don't think it's something. Mm. It might be. Wait a minute. It might be. Oh, it might be. Anyway, she uh, she created this entire scavenger hunt for him to finally discover what her present was for him on his birthday. And so she's got to go to neighbors and strangers and grandparents and have dinners and meals, and it takes a whole long time. And he did all this and found that his final present was to go skydiving with my daughter. How do you feel about this? I don't know how I feel about <laughs> this. I mean, I know they do this every day, multiple, and people don't plummet to their, to their death. But I, I just I keep picturing, <laughs> wow, if something goes wrong, this could go very bad. You know? Yes. But it sounds thrilling. It sounds exciting. And uh, I don't know. Maybe that's how she, that's going to set the hook. And this is going to be the guy that, you She's know. She's setting a very intense precedent, though, if this is like present She's number seriously. one. I'm going to have a heart attack by the time I get through all my daughters. No, you'll be fine. Uh, okay. So those are all the questions I have for you because we address like Revive Us. And you told me you had rapid fire yes, questions. Yes. These are our last little bit. Uh, <laughs> but you answer with your favorite thing. Can you handle this? Yeah, I think so. All right, number one, favorite vacation destination? Italy. Favorite VeggieTale character? Mr. Lunt. Really? Come on. He's a meanie face. <laughs> he has no but response the, to that. <laughs> he always plays like the sidekick for the bad ones. Lovely All right, and we have to cut you off there because of copyright reasons. Okay. All right, I'm your favorite singing, movie. I'm singing you my Mr. favorite Mr. Lunt song. My favorite what? Movie. Besides your own. Okay. Favorite movie. Oh. It's a Wonderful Life. Your favorite Bible character. Mr. Luntz. Oh, no. That's VeggieTales. <laughs> that's VeggieTales. Okay. Mr. Luntz known in the Bible. Oh, that's right. I keep thinking. Larry the Cucumber isn't either. I'm so confused. <laughs> uh, favorite Bible character. I'm going to have to say uh, maybe Joseph. That's a good one. Is that a good, did I do good on that one? That is a good one because I'm going through this season right now where I just really identify with Joseph and we're talking about calling a lot and this is a side is note this, from the rapid this, fire. Did, did, but this is another speed dating story. No, just in general in my life, I'm reading a lot about there's calling. There's a Potiphar's wife story there with Joseph that sounds a lot <laughs> oh like my. someone that might have. Oh my, no, I'm not no. that kind of girl. Okay. Um, no, no, I love I'm the Lord. more like Joseph. Like, yeah, you had, some, I run away. you had some creepers and you had to run away. Okay, I was going to go a serious note here, but I'll take that. Uh, just, I'm talking a lot about calling, and Joseph's calling at the time was like he endured slavery and he endured prison. Mm. And like how many of us, like when we're looking for our calling, we're like, yeah, we're going to run into prison for 12 years. Right. And so, yeah, I just really identify with Joseph right now. You know, last Sunday my, my pastor uh, preached a sermon on forgiveness, and he used Joseph and his life as the, the background for that. And it was so good. And you know, the best part of the whole deal was after Joseph, uh, his brothers come to him and he, you know, um, keeps, uh, I think it was Benjamin back and because of the, and, little, cup. And because of the, little, the, little, the little cup and the, the silver. 
And they finally come back to him and he reveals himself to them and he weeps and he weeps and he weeps and they say, you know, uh, is he going to punish us? For sure he's going to punish us now that he realizes who we are and what we've done to him. And he said, no. He said, listen, you thought you did this to me, but it was God mm. who did this to me so that many lives would be saved. And I just thought, that is so great. What, what a key to forgiveness to say to that person who's hurt you, no, no, no you did this to me and you think this was you and you know what god allowed this to happen to me because he's going to use it for such a greater purpose um mm. and i'm 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 happy with that because god's he's the blessed controller of all things in I thought, wow, theory so i'm great. happy with that but it's like the actual practice you have to remind yourself every day you're like all right here's where i am here's i know where a Lord great six-week online course that can oh. help you with that forgiveness thing yeah, my wife, she teaches that in the heart of family. Oh, I'll have to check that out. All right, moving on. Your favorite article of clothing. My favorite article of clothing? Like you have a favorite pair of shoes you always wear, maybe a baseball oh, hat, a sweatshirt. Okay. I was just going to say all of my clothing is important. I like to wear clothes, yes. Yeah. Um, I would say, I was just going to say pants. It's important. <laughs> all right, they're pants are great. They're important. All right, your favorite book? Aside from the Bible? Aside from the Bible. Do or I, you can just say the Bible. But it sounds I think like such a canned kind of response. A but, it, but it is. I think it's kind of a cop-out answer. Okay. But we'll take it. Do you have a favorite book within the Bible, though? A favorite book within the Bible? Probably Genesis. Mm. Yeah. All the great stories in Gen- are in Genesis. All the intense you know? stories. Well, no, Judges. There's a lot that happens in Judges. Yeah. You, you, you've got Adam and Eve and you've got Abraham, you've got Noah, and then you've got Joseph. Isaac and Joseph and everything that happens to him. It's all there. All right, your favorite board game? Favorite board game? Scrabble. <laughs> Disney film? <laughs> oh. I know you watch them because you talked about your daughter watching yes. them. Does this bring back painful memories? Do you have like a post-traumatic Disney stress disorder? No, I'm trying disorder? to think of favorite Disney film. It's probably Beauty, the, Beauty and the Beast or The Lion King. Those are both excellent movies. They are just listening to the soundtrack from Lion King. If you don't have the soundtrack to Lion King, you just have to get it. It's, it's crazy good. I still sing Penguin in the Water to the beginning of Circle in Life. That's not the actual words to it, but I say Penguin on the Water because that's what it sounds like. This, this might be... Might, this might start to shed some light on your dating problem. I have no response to that. <laughs> Last but not least, your dad joke. <laughs> okay, this, is, this, is a, this joke comes from my daughter, Isabella. What do you call a hundred rabbits stepping backwards? What? A receding hairline. <laughs> I actually think that's really funny. I love corny jokes. All right, that's all the questions I have. Do you have anything you'd like to add? No, I think you just, you nailed it. I nailed it. such a fun interview. You, You succeeded. Yes. All right, well, thank you, Kirk, for joining us today. This has been a production of the Charisma Podcast Network. Steve and Joyce Strang are the founders and owners of CPN. Dr. Steve Green is the executive producer of the Charisma Podcast Network. We intend to honor God with every podcast and remain thankful to our advertisers and supporters who make these podcasts possible.